What's up? Hello. Welcome back to 100% BS. I'm your host, Bella Solonat. Whipty freaking do. It's been a month as usual. This is turning into a monthly podcast. Let's just put that out there. But it's fine because I make the rules. So, <laughs> okay. Um, what is up, my friends? How's everybody doing? Holy cow, we're halfway through the year. That's insane. I don't even know what is time. What is time? It's a construct is what it is. Okay. So, um, thanks for tuning in. Um, life is, you know, churning wheels are, the wheels are turning. Um, the world continues to just be fucking bizarre. Um, and we're here to report on that. (laughs) So today I'm going to be talking about basically a couple of recent, uh, current events, a, um, more developments in the censorship world. Fun. I love censorship. Love it. It's the best. Um, and yeah, some COVID stuff too, because it's still here and things are developing in that world. Um, if you guys remember more than a year ago in April of last year of 2020, I made a podcast all about me questioning COVID, me being like, um, is this shit as bad as it seems? Are the lockdowns necessary? I did a whole fucking shebang on how maybe there's more to this story and we should be considering alternative approaches to managing this fucking pandemic. Um, and I shared how uh, YouTube and Twitter uh, had been censoring basically like alternative information about COVID and lockdowns and all this crap. Um, So what I'm getting at is that still to this day, we should be questioning the shit happening because I don't want to be like, I was right, but like we should be questioning this shit because still the pieces are not falling together. And if you haven't sat down to take a look and be like, what the fuck is up with COVID and the media and the narrative and the health mandates and all this shit. And just like for a second considered that there might be a different story than what the mainstream media portrays and what the fucking government and whatever. So my point is, um, nothing has changed in terms of the fact that we should still be questioning things because that's healthy and normal to do. And anybody who tells you that you can't question things is trying to indoctrinate you. Literally, that's the definition of indoctrination is when you're not allowed to question a perspective or a certain truth, what have you. So, um, okay, let's just dive right in. (laughs) So number one, um, something interesting happened. The White House is starting to work with influencers, influencers. Yes. Um, the white house had the lovely Olivia Rodrigo over for a, a hangout and proceeded to make a couple videos to help get the word out about the importance of the youth getting the thing. And I'm avoiding saying it because I'm very paranoid about YouTube censoring me. Not that I am on their radar, but you never know. So you know what I'm talking about or look it up. Olivia Rodrigo went to the white house to promote getting the thing that everyone is talking about. Um, and 
before you freak out, the reason I'm bringing it up is actually to run through the idea of this type of, let's call it like advertising, right? It's like basically this trend that, or or this tactic as old as time where you use like a poster child, a poster person for the group that you're trying to reach. So they're trying to reach Gen Z young Americans. So pick someone who apparently resonates well with those people and have that person carry your message. Um, And this is like the world of advertising, right? This is why advertising sometimes can feel icky sometimes because it's like, you know, can feel borderline manipulative when you're just like, it, it, it quickly can teeter into the slimy, like I'm trying to sell you shit and just, I'm just using this person to sell you something. And I understand with the mechanics of this Olivia Rodrigo example, the White House isn't necessarily quote unquote selling you something, but they're trying to convince you of something that you should go do. So my point is, I just started to think about this world of advertising, specifically when it comes from the government and people in power and how that can quickly turn into a form of propaganda, which basically, just to be clear how I'm thinking of propaganda, the definition that I pulled from Wikipedia is Propaganda is communication that is primarily used to influence an audience and further an agenda, which may not be objective and may be selectively presenting facts to encourage a particular synthesis or perception or using loaded language to produce an emotional rather than rational response to the information that's being presented. So we could probably argue over whether the thing that Olivia Rodrigo in the White House is pushing is objective, whatever. I feel like if you're listening to the show, you maybe have gathered that probably there are many different takes and factual possibilities around COVID treatments. Let's put it that way. So essentially using Olivia Rodrigo and the language that they used in these like videos they made, to me, my interpretation felt like it's an emotional push more than like a here are the facts. And that's the tendency that I've been seeing overall with like trying to get people to get this thing. (laughs) You can tell I'm being careful with my words because I just, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to communicate it clearly. And that what I'm more so focused on here is the use of celebrity cult of celebrities to push your message and why sometimes to me, no matter what the thing is, it feels icky. It's the same thing when like freaking Dwayne Johnson came out endorsing Biden and like, it just felt weird. Like when someone who is famous and is clearly being used or is doing it because of their huge influence that it just feels strange and, and, Again, this is my fucking take. I just find that stuff to be weird and I have like an aversion to that celebrity type of culture and people who are like woke and are like supporting this cause because whatever, like, and people can do that at their own free will. That's fine. Like I share about tons of stuff that I find important. So maybe I'm like technically doing the same thing, but I feel like 
my version's more justified for some reason because of whatever my values are. So again, like it's not perfect. I'm just kind of questioning my my gut reaction to this type of thing is that I find it weird when we use celebrities to push certain things, whether that perceived thing is good or bad. And again, like that can also be objective and there's a lot to look into. So my point is I find it, I found it weird. Um, and it's more that I have this strange perception of that type of like advertising slash propaganda when you like use the poster child to push it because it feels like the the person doing it wants you to just like take their word for it and do it because they said it, not because you arrived at the decision. Boom. That's what it is that freaks me out about it. Okay. See, this is why you got to talk things out. (laughs) So that I think is what freaks me out about it. And what I don't like is the like when it's done in a way where they're like, do this thing because we said so. And because this famous person that you like is telling you to do it instead of like look into this thing and decide on your own. This goes for anything. This is like outside of this Olivia Rodrigo example and COVID. Cause like, that's a whole different thing. But in general, like when, but that's the essence of advertising, right? Is there like, we can make your life better. So buy our thing or do our thing, participate in whatever we're pushing. And that's like the essence of advertising. Is that wrong? I don't know. People got to make money. Right. But I'm just trying to urge myself to question if that is normal or if we've just like accepted it as normal because it's been happening forever. And actually it's good that I say that because a lot of times just to understand where I'm coming from as an individual and like how my brain functions when I question this type of stuff is I'm not usually like, I'm not asking like, can they do it? Like when people will say to me like, oh, but it's a private company. They can censor whoever they want. I'm like, that's not what I'm getting at. Like I'm aware that they can fucking do it. Like, yeah, you can get a lot of shit in this country, in the world. I'm more asking like, should we be doing it? Why don't we question it? Like, why is this a norm? Why are we accepting this as a thing? So that's kind of my approach to when I ask these types of questions is I'm not like, I'm aware that like this is a tactic as old as time and maybe that's because it works and like it's proven and so it's fine. But I like to sit here and be like, well, why, why do we accept it? Like, why do we do that? You know, it's the same thing as people who like to question marriage. Like, yes, marriage is clearly a thing that a lot of people do. And some people like to be like, no, fuck marriage. Like, I think that's horrible. Great. I think it's great to question stuff like that. So that's what I'm getting at is... I'm just wondering if that idea of telling people to do something because I said so, right? That's the thing that freaks me out. I'm kind of like a, I don't like too much authority, too much like propaganda-esque behavior that is very much because I said so, because this famous person who you love and who you listen to their music said so, like it just feels weird. But on the flip side, you know, like I get why people do that. Like if fucking Joe Rogan recommends something, I'm like probably more likely to do it because I trust Joe Rogan. So like I understand the psychology behind it, but I also can point out my own flaw in somewhat blindly trusting and following the advice of people who I really admire instead of like doing my own proper research. 
but this is why influencer marketing is so fucking effective is because people trust that individual. And so it's a really great way to make money. Just something to to think about, something to tinker on. Okay, next up, moving right along. So, um, censorship, baby. It's like probably my most talked about subject on this podcast because I feel like it stands against everything (laughs) that I stand for as a person. And what I mean by that is censorship is the kind of thing that is such a slippery slope it doesn't have a line in the sand and when it gets into the hands of the wrong people it's almost always a fucking disaster and it's really against the proper way to have conversations and the proper way to digest information and the proper way to encourage people to learn and think for themselves and make informed decisions, right? Censorship essentially says, we don't trust you enough to make your own proper decision. So we have to coddle you and take this information away because you might do something wrong. So for me, it's a symbol of like, you can't make the decision on your own and we're afraid that you won't be able to decipher the information properly. And yeah, there are some fucking not, you know, people who probably can't make the decision and are gullible, sure. But I just feel like I would want to build a society and environments where people are encouraged to do their proper digging and their proper research, right? And think for themselves. But, you know, so, so, so the solution, quote unquote solution, which is not a solution of censorship just feels like this cop out of like, fuck, there's information out there that doesn't align with what we believe to be true. And so we need to get rid of it. And this is like the whole complex thing about truth, right? Because there's actually, there's different kinds of truth. It's not all just like two plus two equals four, right? Like, especially today, people will say, believe science, but that doesn't mean anything because science and research and evidence and data, it it can be interpreted in different ways and there's different studies. And then you have corrupted science. You have clinical uh, um, trials and, and research done that, is influenced by who's funding it, right? So like you can't really create one arbiter of truth. That's the problem is it's a slippery fucking slope where the person deciding what is worthy of being censored, what's quote unquote misinformation or not, like that person is also subject to their own influences. And like, yeah, that that's why it's just such a not effective solution and it's so counterproductive and a lot of studies show that actually censorship literally ends up being worse in the end because those ideas and those people don't actually go away right like they have a slight drop in how many people are like consuming their information but then something else pops up again right so like the idea doesn't go away it's just like this blanket this like band-aid approach that like shit let's just getting so we can't see it it's not there right but that's just that's not how it works like people will pop up people are resilient like they're not just going to roll over and fucking die because you tell them your ideas aren't approved so the reason i'm bringing up censorship and that little rant is because 
um, you might have heard, but there's essentially been more developments from this the Biden administration being very pro-censorship, very blatantly pro-censorship. Um, and one of the most recent things that happened happened was um, this lady, what's her freaking name? Jen Psaki, Psaki, Jen Psaki, silent P. Jen Psaki, um, she was explaining and commenting on how the White House is going to tell Facebook which posts that they find are misinformation and should be taken down. So basically, the White House is directly participating in the censorship, which is a really fucking bad thing because if we open up a history book, okay, we will find that in the past, certain very effective dictators and tyrants use censorship to craft their narrative. It's not a good fucking thing, like ever, okay? You can take the example of Stalin. Joseph Stalin was a genius at rising to power because he manipulated truth. And I, I highly encourage checking out uh, this Netflix documentary called How to Become a Tyrant. And it's very well done. And it's fascinating in the way that they break down the common tactics used basically in this playbook for how to become a tyrant. And this, the Joseph Stalin episode is particularly fascinating and alarming because a lot of the tactics that he used are literally happening today. So you have things like the mainstream media and journalists being kind of in the pocket of whoever's in power and only publishing and sharing information that falls in line with the people in power's agenda. And that's really easy to see, like just fucking look at CNN for a second and see who works there and who might have previously worked at the White House. Like it's very clear that they're in bed together. And then they would also do things like use education to indoctrinate the young people to thinking to um, not question what they're told and to trust the people in power, et cetera. All this stuff where they're manipulating the population and they're manipulating what quote unquote truth is. And if anything, say it's scientific data comes up that doesn't support their narrative or their goal, they censor it and get rid of it. That's exactly what's happening today. And if you need examples, like I've covered it fucking tons of times on the podcast, but you know, one of the clearest examples is actually what I'm going to get into next, which is about this word that probably this episode being on YouTube is gonna, I don't know if I get affected because my reach isn't that huge, but whatever. Basically this thing called ivermectin. If you haven't heard of it, take a little Google, but consult multiple sources because ivermectin is this generic drug that essentially has been proven to be an effective uh, preventative and treatment to COVID. If you don't believe me, you think I'm fucking crazy. I'm going to read you really quickly um, an excerpt from Dr. Pierre Corey's uh, testimony, which I'm going to link in the description of this episode so you can read the whole thing yourself. Okay. This is an excerpt from it. Um, and another great place to learn all about ivermectin is on the Joe Rogan podcast. Dr. Pierre Corey and Brett Weinstein went on 
literally as an emergency episode and did a three-hour podcast explaining all this shit about ivermectin and about how the media has been censoring it, which I'll get into. So this is an excerpt from uh, Dr. Corey's testimony. So he says, and so it is with great pride as well as significant optimism that I am here to report that our group led by Professor Paul E. Merrick has developed a highly effective protocol for preventing and early treatment of COVID-19. In the last three to four months, emerging publications provide conclusive data on the on the profound efficacy of the anti-parasite, antiviral drug, anti-inflammatory agent called ivermectin in all stages of the disease. Our protocol was created only recently after we identified these data. Nearly all studies are demonstrating the therapeutic potency and safety of ivermectin in preventing transmission and progression of illness in nearly all who take the drug. If this sounds shocking and paradigm shifting, that's because it is. And if you haven't heard about it, that's also probably intentional. I recognize I sound crazy, but it's fucking true. Okay, I promise. Well, don't take my word for it. Like, you should look into it. I always say that. You fucking, you know my spiel. Okay. So that's an an excerpt from this podcast. And the reason why this is an example of the censorship issues um, is because ivermectin and all these findings have been heavily censored by mainstream media and have been, um, what's the right word? I don't want to say ignored, but like censored is the the better word, um, by health organizations like the CDC. And they're basically, they won't, they won't, um, uh, admit or, or talk about it as an effective COVID treatment. I really, really encourage you to listen to this entire Joe Rogan episode. Like honestly, fucking fuck my podcast, pause right here and go listen to it and come back. Like it's that important that I think to be aware of this perspective. And so basically, um, this, the, all these findings about ivermectin have been hugely censored and it's honestly infuriating because it's the kind of thing where all of those unfortunate suspicions that people have about um, the pharma companies corrupting science and corrupting the media in order to push their drugs feel like they're being proven true, which is a really unfortunate reality to let sink in because it essentially means that these people, the ones in power, the fuck you want to call it, literally care more about profit than people. And if it's possible, if we entertain the idea that ivermectin might be a legitimate um, solution to this pandemic in that it could literally help eradicate the disease, like again, look on Brett Weinstein's YouTube channel. He has tons of videos about this. Some of them have been taken down because YouTube has been censoring and demonetizing Brett Weinstein's channels because he's talking about ivermectin. Like, just let this shit sink in. Like, someone is looking into and trying to get to the bottom of how to actually help people not fucking die or be really horribly affected by this disease. And they're censoring it because it doesn't fall in line with the narrative, It's just so fucked up. And so the reason I bring it up is because I think it's important to see the examples of where censorship really gets out of hand. Like 
Again, these are credible, legitimate scientists who are saying something that is against what the CDC is saying. And because it's against that, they're literally silenced. And that's like, again, why people say believe science. Like that's not, that's a statement that is like me saying like, this is a table. I don't know. It's so silly. Like, it doesn't make sense. And so when our government and the people in power are pro-censorship and silence people who think differently, who ask questions, who want to suggest a different form of a solution, like, we're in dangerous waters, you know? I try not to get negative because, like, I, that's not who I am. I, I like to be positive and look on the bright side. But yeah, like the positive thing is that we need to be aware of this shit. You need to look into stuff on your own and like it's no joke. Censorship is not it's it's not good. And the way that you can sort of fight against it or just look into this more is to just do exactly that. Look into it. Read different sources like Check out different perspectives, like consume a little information across different areas. Like I know people say you shouldn't consume information on Instagram and like, I understand why they say that. And I think maybe you could be exposed to a new perspective on there and then double check it somewhere else with a source that you find more reliable, but also expand the sources that you find reliable because there's tons out there and it's not just the, the top five fucking mainstream media outlets like they it's proven that they lie or that they omit truths right so um shit i'm upset yeah okay basically i just yeah i just i yeah censorship makes my blood boil because it's so against it it's not productive period end of story like the I want to see if there's dissenting, if there's differing opinions in science, like just let those people have the discussion. Like, why can't they talk about it? If your version of the truth and your version of the data and your interpretation of the data is so correct, then why can't you have the debate? Like, that's the sketchy part is when they just won't, they're not even willing to talk about it. Like Dr. Corey on the uh, Rogan podcast was explaining how he's, try to have debates with people about the effectiveness of ivermectin and people won't fucking do it or if they do they just like repeat the same talking point points over and over again so my point is do your fucking research and just ask yourself these questions like what are the, what interest do these people have like is there corruption here could it be that the pharma company is has, you know, is lining lining the pockets of the media companies or of the government, of the officials. Like, just dig a little deeper and you're probably going to find that things are not as they seem. So yeah, that is why I really do not like censorship, okay? Um, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Can you tell it's been a while since I podcasted? I'm like, um, okay, that's when I think. So yeah, um, that is all I have. Um, I, the, uh, shit. Okay. Actually, it's not all I have. I wanted to say one last thing about the 
uh, Stalin example and the whole communist fucking thing um, because Michaela Peterson, love her, sent or made this post from someone she had on a podcast and it reads... Uh, when you live in a capitalist country, you can have capitalists, capitalist and socialist neighbors you disagree with, and you still live and participate in society in society together, exchanging ideas. In a socialist society, your capitalist neighbor is killed. So a little dramatic, but like, you know, you get the point. These societies where one way of life is you know, only one way of life is allowed and there's censorship and people aren't allowed to freely exchange ideas. It's fucking problematic. So say what you will about capitalism, but at least there's a free exchange of ideas. And I think that that's really important. I think you need to be able to disagree with people and have productive arguments and ask important questions because that's how innovation happens. Like nothing ever fucking changes if everyone is just like these robots walking around repeating and regurgitating the same information and just taking everything at face value and never questioning anything. Like that's to me is like the downfall of society is when we stop allowing discussion of ideas. So encourage disagreement. Okay. This is like what it all comes down to is open-mindedness, like be willing to look up other things, set your fucking ego aside for a second and entertain the possibility that your worldview might be wrong. Like, and I also say this as like, I understand and I can see how my own worldview of how I think that things are like could also be wrong, right? Like, I think we should regularly check that and just encourage ourselves to be like, could I be wrong about everything? Like I could be wrong magical four words to introduce into your vocabulary on a regular basis. You're talking to someone, you know, I could be wrong, but I feel like this is what's happening. I could be wrong, but this thing, but you have to embody that too. You need to really feel in in your being that you could be wrong because you could be, you could always be wrong. Like, yeah, you know, even like, yeah, you, you could almost almost always be wrong about something. There's different ways of seeing the world. Data sets can be interpreted in different ways. It's not fucking black and white. So just think about it that way. Um, okay. That is all I have. Cool. Um, thanks for tuning in. Please, um, share this episode with a friend. If you enjoyed it, if you found it interesting, let me know what you think. Hit up my freaking DMs. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in. You guys are the best. Um, talk to you later. Have a blessed, have a blessed day. Goodbye.